there's there a, a verse that came to mind. Um, I just want to share a little bit this morning on that, that one verse. Um, it's been a bad few days for our family. Karen's dad uh, got COVID a few weeks ago, ended up in the hospital, and we had great hopes that he would get better and um, get stronger and, and be back with us for Christmas. But um, his condition continued to deteriorate, and the day before Christmas, um, he succumbed to COVID and passed away. And that, of course, was enough to uh, to cast a blanket over over Christmas and and uh, make it an incredibly fearful time. But uh, my mom, who uh, has had health problems for a long time, but was fairly stable uh, with her poor health, uh, took a dramatic turn for the worst uh, yesterday and yesterday morning about 11:45 uh, passed away. And so we lost. Uh, my father-in-law on Christmas Eve, and my mom the day after Christmas. And then uh, within our church family, of course, yesterday we lost uh, one of the kindest and sweetest people in our church, uh, Betsy White, over the the last few days um, as she's been in the hospital. um, I'm sure at some point I've gotten more texts and phone calls about somebody from our church family, but I don't remember who it would have been about just lots of people calling and checking on her and wondering how she was doing and wanting an update and and saying that they were praying for her. And so um, it's it's been a bad few days. Uh, as I was driving down yesterday, I got the um, uh, the message that things were taking a turn for the worst, and so I, I got in the car and headed to Huntington. To, uh, uh, my goal was to be there before. Uh, it happened, so um, Dad wouldn't be alone. I didn't know if my brother or sister would get there in time either. And and so as I was driving down, um, there was a, a verse that came on my mind, and um, and that's what I want to that's what I want to share with you today. In First Corinthians chapter fifteen, uh, in the whole chapter, Paul is uh, he's writing about resurrection, and he, he spends almost 60 verses talking about the importance of resurrection and what a resurrection body looks like and things like that. But there's one verse in particular, verse 19, um, that came to my mind yesterday. In verse 19 of 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says this, If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. What does he mean by that? There are a lot of good things about Christ that happen in this life. We, he comes into our lives and, and as we need to, to have character changes, we need to, to see less sin in our lives. He helps us with that, and and those are things that are commendable and things that are are worth telling people about. But if all we had to offer as we talk to people about Jesus is, if you've got sin, He can help you to overcome that sin, or if, if you're struggling, He can help you to overcome those struggles. And, and that was all we had. 
Paul says that we would be of all people most to be pitied. Why? Is that, is that an overstatement? No. Because it doesn't matter how much character change you have. It, it doesn't matter how much God transforms you now. If when we come to the end of our lives or the end of the life of somebody that we love, the biggest obstacle, the biggest question, the biggest problem in the entire world is death. You can't avoid it, no matter whether you even have 104 years like Rosemary Miller is going to have here in a few days if she continues uh, to hang on. We all face And if after all the character change in the world and and all the transformation of my spirit in the world, if all I get is that in this life, and then when I die, there's nothing. There's blackness. I don't continue on. I'm not anybody. Or, as I look at those that I love, John Collins, or butcher, that's your wife. If I look at them and I say, well, you know, I, I had, I had a few good years with each of them, and I, and I enjoyed getting to know them, and I, I'm glad that, that he was my father-in-law, and she was my mother, and she was my friend, but it's over. And eventually, I'm gonna go that same way, and it'll be over, and, and there's, there's nothing else. There's nothing left. That's it. We are of all people to be most pitied. If all we've got is what we have here, and that's it, at the end of the day, that's not enough. Jesus Christ came to the earth. We celebrated Christmas, His birth. And then, at the end of His life, He died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. And then, it says in the Bible that He rose from the dead. That on the third day, His dead body was caused by the Holy Spirit to have life again, and His physical body stood up again, and He went out and He talked to Peter and to John and the other disciples, and they touched His body, and He that was dead was alive again. Not just spiritually alive or not alive in our memories or we we think of the good things that He did, but He was actually physically alive. And Paul here talks about that Jesus is the firstborn among the dead. And, And one of the things that that means is that He didn't just resurrect so that we would have some theoretical, hypothetical hope that there's there's something out there somewhere. But He physically rose from the dead that we might have not the, the, the loose hope, but the solid confidence that those that we love in Christ and we who are in Christ, when we die, we too will be resurrected. 
that that my father-in-law and my mother and my friend Betsy that I don't just hold them in my memories and say that's enough. But that someday I will stand before them and hug them again and talk to them again and be with them again through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The disciples were a... um, after the death of Jesus, they, they were a cowardly bunch by their own admission. In the Gospels, it says that they hid behind locked doors for fear of the, the Jewish leaders. And, and then, after being that way, by their own admission, we read that just a few days later, they were standing in front of the Jewish leaders and they were proclaiming Jesus had risen from the dead and that they had killed, the, the Jewish leaders had killed Jesus and and that they needed to repent too. And they had this boldness of saying, we don't care what you do to us, we're going to tell you that Jesus Christ is alive again. And there has to be something that happened between them being these cowards and them being the boldest people perhaps that ever lived. There's two possibilities. One is that they all got together and they said, okay, we know that Jesus is dead, and we know that he hasn't come back, but we're going to go out and we're going to say he came back in order to, to try to salvage this mess that we've got. And so we're going to go and say he was alive, even though we haven't seen him. And as we do that, hopefully people will believe in us and we'll see what happens. Chuck Colson talked about, he was involved in the Watergate scandal, and he said, here are all these people who are in the most powerful positions in the world and have all the resources in the world to cover up that scandal, and none of them were faced with the possibility of being beheaded or being hung upside down on a cross. They were faced with the possibility of maybe going to jail, and yet within a few days of the Watergate cover-up, they all turned on each other to protect themselves. That a scandal that they were trying to cover up It didn't last a few days before everything fell apart. And yet the disciples proclaimed for decades until their death that Jesus Christ had resurrected from the dead and that they had seen Him and talked to Him and touched Him. And even when each of them were killed for their faith, not a single one said, wait, 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 we made the whole thing up. It wasn't true. We were just trying to salvage a mess of a situation. But all of them went to their death saying, Jesus Christ is alive. And it is, without any question, the clearest evidence that when we say we believe in the resurrection of Jesus, we're not saying that we believe in it as an idea or a theory. The resurrection of Jesus is not dependent on my opinion of the resurrection of Jesus. It's not dependent on your opinion of the resurrection of Jesus. It's not dependent on some scholar's opinion of the resurrection of Jesus. The reality of our hope in Christ is is dependent on the physical fact of Jesus Christ rising from the dead. And if Jesus rose from the dead, which the Bible tells us that He did, and which we know from the transformation of the disciples, 
that He did, then in this moment when we face this grief and we know that the that my father-in-law isn't here on this earth anymore, and my mother isn't here on this earth anymore, and Betsy White isn't here on this earth anymore, we in this moment look at what the Scripture says, and Paul's right, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then shut this church down and let's all go pretend something else. But if Jesus rose from the dead, then because they are in Jesus, they will too. And the biggest problem that has ever existed, death, isn't enough to keep us from having hope. It isn't enough to cause us to despair and say, there's nothing for us. But in Jesus Christ, even death is defeated. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But we are not to be pitied. Because Jesus Christ is alive. Father, I thank you this morning for the resurrection, for the fact, for the confidence we have in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I thank you that he underwent that death for us and the forgiveness of our sins. And I'm thankful that you brought him forth from the, from the grave as the first among the dead, the firstborn among the dead. Then in this moment when we want to go over to the corner and just sit and rock and cry and, and feel like people without any hope, But because of Jesus, we have confidence in their resurrection and in our resurrection. I pray if there are those that are listening to me who are struggling with the same thing that I am, with the loss of people that I love, with the loss of people that they love. In this moment, may your Holy Spirit fill our heart and our mind with the confidence that comes with knowing that Jesus was resurrected. If there are people that are listening today, Father, who, who don't know Jesus, who've never received Him, who've never received Him into their lives, I pray in this moment that they would maybe see for the first time why He's so important. Without Jesus, we're hopeless. Without Jesus, we are to be pitied. Because there is no 
answer to the question of death. And I pray that in this moment they might bow their head and simply pray that they want Christ, that they want Jesus in their life and begin to walk with Him in this life toward the hope that brings eternal life. Father, there's a lot of things that I can do. And then there are things I can't do. And one of the things that I can't fix, that I can't conquer, is death. But I'm so thankful for what Jesus did for me, for John, for my mom, and for Betsy. I thank you. I can't thank you enough. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.